0: hey everybody and welcome back to the chipman brothers tangent podcast the only podcast where you get two chipmans for the price of one (laughs) how you doing tonight bob i'm
1: good chris how are you
0: i'm doing fantastic um finally getting over this flu thing my voice sounds a hell of a lot better um and uh we we had a pretty cool day together we actually got to hung out today so we're gonna get into that but um, a little bit yeah you know uh Try, try not to get too personal on here but you know to let people know you know what what goes on with us so, you know we've talked about this a little bit a little bit um, yeah. today the 8th of april mm-hmm. um was a was a you know a a day where um the events involving our dad who we've talked about again passed away back in 2016 um we had him uh put into court ordered rehab to get him you know some help get him cleaned up yeah um off some alcohol problems he was having. And uh mm-hmm. I'm glad we got him that clarity. You know, he came out good. We had a couple of good years with him. And uh, you know, to couldn't have a thing talking to you today without mentioning that. So, you know, wherever, wherever mm-hmm. dad is right now, just cheers to him. Yeah. You know, on this podcast today. Mm. And uh, you know, I've always said before, I think our gift for being able to speak, especially in the um recorded or over the air as it were for him you know he always wanted to be a dj so i i feel like part of this is kind of doing him a solid you know doing something he you know maybe technology hadn't caught up enough maybe he would have been in the basement you (laughs) know doing like doing like a sports podcast or something i don't know something like that yeah oh so you know that that's i did didn't want to bring it down but i wanted to start out just by you know dad we love you and we miss you um on a more recent and current event type of terms. Um, after that, um, ever uh, since our last recording, um, we have both now seen the movie Us, which is yes. a very big deal. Mm. Um, I'm thinking, where, where is Us money making wise now? It's uh, doing it's, it's big. It's it's yeah. a big. It's a big one. I'm and it, check didn't, it, it didn't cost anything, so it's like no, a it huge only costs a lot. Yeah, it only costs like twenty million. Um, and if my clicker will work here, no, it keeps clicking on M. Night Shyamalan movies. Um, us cost 20 million and it is now worldwide at 216. So yeah. Um, apparently that Jordan Peele guy, you know, he's, he's got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah, um, you, you got to see it before a large portion of the world, Bob, what was the uh, early reaction of people to this? Uh, are we doing spoilers or not? It's been
1: it's been like a yeah. Couple I, think, of days. I think
0: I think I think for this and the other movie we're going to talk about. So I will I'll start with spoiler alert for yeah. us, and I'm going to say spoiler alert for Shazam, and we'll we'll say spoil. Why can't I say that word? Even the thing I recorded, Shazam, Sh- Shazam. Shazam. I am stumbling through it like I'm drunk. This is frustrating, um, and I am not because I can't drink alcohol for another couple weeks. Oh, what happened? Oh, just my liver. My liver is all being fuddy-duddy again. Oh, no. It just is what it is, you know? Mm. Overweight guy, fatty liver. There you go. Mm. (laughs) It'll be all right. Um, But, yeah, no, so uh, so spoiler alert for us, um, and I really mean it. We are going to go. You do not want either of these movies blown for you. Yeah. These are two of the big ones for early this year, um, and there's really big surprises in each. Um, Us is a little bit more of a, you know, kind of like in the sixth sense vein of movies where you really don't want to blown Shazam is more. I don't think it will ruin your enjoyment of the movie, but they did a great job not showing stuff from Shazam. Yeah, like 80% of Shazam
1: is not in the trailers for Shazam. Yeah, and
0: I got to say, the 80% they didn't show, I liked even more than what the trailer was setting up. But we'll get into it. Let's let's start with Us. So you saw Us before the large portion of people. And for anyone that's listening to this that doesn't know what Us is, which I can't imagine you do, but if you've never heard of the movie Us or if you haven't seen Us, go see it, read up on it, come back. Yeah. But Us, Us is the sophomore effort in the horror movie genre because I believe Jordan Peele directed the Key and Peele movie, right? Um, he directed Key <laughs> and No, he did not direct Keanu. He did not. Okay, so this is his sophomore directorial effort. Right. And... Jordan Peele, for those listening, um, you know, made Get Out, um, which was a huge Oscar contender a couple of years ago. Well, oh, deserved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he won Best Screenplay, right? Yes. And, uh, uh, yes, Del, it did. Del Toro took Best Director and Best Picture. So, you know, great for diversity in the Oscars that year. We got the Spanish guy and the black guy winning yeah, you know, yeah. big awards and both of their movies were well deserving. Heck people yeah. tried to people tried to pit them against each other, and I don't really think that's fair. They were both. Fantastic genre pieces, and they yeah. both deserved it. But so, get out, and then we'll say spoiler alert as well for, for get out, because you know, um, Jordan Peele comes right off the bat with Get Out, which really quickly is a you know, a, a racially, um, directed, you know, social commentary horror flick, yeah. um, about a guy and a black guy and his white girlfriend who goes to visit her parents, and they are probably as left swinging as you possibly can be and remind him of how great it is to have him around and how they, you know, vote for, uh, they would have voted for Obama, you know, for another term if they could. And all of it gets really weird. And, you know, one thing leads to another and turns out that they're taking out pieces of uh, black people's brains and injecting those pieces of white people that want to live in black people's bodies so they can be stronger or smarter or, you know, you name you what a yeah. white person would want, and th- they can have it. Um, and the main character gets all of this revealed to him in, um, you know, crazy Twilight Zone-style exposition, and then has to get out. Yeah. And that's, you know, the whole basis of this movie. And the thing that I love the most about what he does, and he does it both in Get Out and in Us, is he gives this reveal. There's a lot more exposition-heavy in Get Out, because Get Out is very focused on its point. Right. But they still don't go into the failure of a lot of more recent genre movies to try to over-explain the how. Yeah, These these people know how to do this, and they can do it, and if they go any deeper into explaining the how, you either get into, oh, a cool sci-fi lesson, or no, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's kind of like in Face Off. They can swap people's faces. That's all you need to fucking know. Yeah. <laughs> like, move
1: on. It just um, it just has to look real enough. Yes, you know, it, yeah, not well, Not everyone needs you just need to make it look like it's real enough because like as as people you know as pedantic people have pointed out the 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 science behind you know e- like even the the made up version of the science behind whatever is going on in get out doesn't actually work because brains age at the same rate that the rest of your body does so yes, yes, so it, it it wouldn't actually work but it's, that, it's that, like, yeah. both get
0: out and us the main thing is that do you buy the metaphor yeah, And that's, that's the whole point is this movie is not a story necessarily about, oh, you know, you, you know, this isn't the movie you go, oh, wait until you see this movie. They're going to cut out people's brains and replace them with a the thing. It's no, you're going to see this movie because look at this fucked up shit that's going on. Right, you're, yeah. you're his friend on the phone warning him about what's going to go down before he gets there. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. What matters is it's fucked up. Yeah. And and it gets more fucked up than you could expect. So you might say that, you know, after a movie like that ends up being a surprise hit yeah. that Jordan Peele would follow that up with something a little bit more uh, safe. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, I got a bigger budget, bigger, you know, bigger studio support. What am I going to do? And instead he makes us. Yeah. Which is even stranger. Yeah. And even <laughs> further reaching. And tonally a completely different genre of a horror film than get out get out's kind of the you know um the spook house but you're not quite sure until the very end exactly what's going on and us is more just hits the ground as a visceral home invasion 80s horror um jason voorhees kind of movie you know it's 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 gory and bloody and fun and it has a blast with all of that yeah. And um, and the musical score is so classic, e- classic with the nowadays, you know, twang. Uh, in fact, when we went to see Shazam earlier today, I was in the bathroom. I'm um, in the middle of the movie and uh, us was playing in the theater that abutted yeah. the bathroom. And that incredibly creepy, chanty opening score music was playing. Uh-huh. And it. Yeah. I needed to get the fuck out of there. I'm like, yeah, no, yeah. this yeah. is and, and it, it's it's one of those classic like. 1970s early mm. 1980s mm. horror scores where it's just it's a static slow-moving shot very deliberate with a creepy ass chanting score over it mm. and it really sets up this crazy ass movie so so anyway so us we're gonna get into if you think get out sounds weird wait yeah. you know what's going on with us so bob you saw us in a theater um of critics how how long before the movie actually premiered uh, a couple of, days. couple of days couple of days and how, how was the reaction in that room
1: Uh, It was, it was interesting. It was, um, I mean, like, people were really into it. And I had, I think, the same reaction um, when it was over that a lot of, that that pretty much the the room had, because, you know, critics and audiences react, obviously, to movies differently, because, you know, everyone else is there having fun and we're at work. Right. You know, so, which is, and I mean, that's not to say that we're not having fun, but like, you know, Every, you know, like when a movie ends in a way that is, you know, kind of like surprising or, you know, kind of like uh, just kind of like, you know, blows your mind out the back. You know, everyone else can sort of, if they want to, can just kind of go. It's like, man, that's crazy. I'm going to go back to my car and think about that or get on with my day or whatnot. Whereas, you have to rewrite your entire thought. Right. Like me, I have to kind of sit there and go oh man, I got to think about this because I have to like, you know, like write this down and figure out what I thought about it like right away. And I I prefer to like, to, like, I mean, I said and wrote in the review that I delivered because it had to like be posted in like two days and it takes like, uh, I do reviews in video format. So I have to like pretty much do things right the hell away. Uh, and uh, so I said upfront that it's like, you know, I'm going to give this a positive review because I really liked it, but I can almost guarantee you that I'm going to not like this review. Uh, just the format of it in like a couple of days, because I'm probably going to completely change my mind about what I think is going on here. And because it's so bizarre and uh, pe- people were really surprised by it. Uh, the the audience is like, I mean, it's a crowd pleaser of a movie because even though it's a incredibly bizarre film like premise-wise and visually like everything in it is weird like the visuals are weird the angle is weird what the monsters quote unquote are are weird it has a weird score like everything in it is just a little bit off right. but the the basic the execution of the scare stuff is all really real like Contrast to get out, which is actually doing, you know, I, I really hate the phrase elevated horror. Yeah, but I,
0: I've 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 removed that from my vocabulary yeah. because I used to say it in saying that, you know, cool, they're they're you know, they're trying to show people that the genre means something, but no, it always fucking has. Right. And I need to stop saying
1: it. Right. But like get out is doing that thing of where it's scaring you, but it's scaring you with oh, something is, you know, moving strange in the background, or there's a soundtrack cue that you don't even notice underneath three tracks in the soundtrack that's unnerving you on the subconscious level a little bit, and then in, like, the last 10 to 15 minutes of Get Out is, you know, where the... It goes the, off the rails, yeah. the, the The visceral people chase around, whereas in Us, even though the aesthetic is very... You know, it's... It's been compared. His his grounding seems to be very seventies horror, like he like you know Get Out's very Stepford Wives, and Us is very kind of Italian horror, which yeah. is you know it's these are going to be like this makes me sound so pretentious going for like you know which these things like that, the Lucio Fulci films. Bob well, well now it's it's not Fulci, but it's stuff like like House on the Edge of the Park yeah. or. Um, Oh shit! This has like twenty or thirty different titles. So the one where the the like the creature is in the basement and people keep having dreams—it's uh, well, it's,
0: it's very yeah, similar it's, to um to what uh,
1: Ty West did with House of the Devil. Yes, stuff like it, stuff like that. Yeah, it, it's got it's just everything is a little bit off and just doesn't feel like not in a twee way, you know, where someone's like, oh hey, this is like it's it's not like the mumblecore horror stuff where it's like, hey, we're doing something scary, but we're going to play some jack-in-the-box music in the background because that's funny. It's more just, no, this is this is spooky and we're going to do it, and it doesn't matter if this isn't what scary stuff sounds like right now. And it's in really well-appointed locations until it's not, and, and that kind of thing. And so that's very much his aesthetic. And it's all... Very odd and weird and you know, our bad guys are more or less ordinary looking people, occasionally a bit off looking, but they just wear sort of red pajamas and carry gold scissors and one motorcycle glove. That that's kind of it for the look. And so that's but an odd just- look yeah. It's just so unnerving and iconic at the yeah. same time, which is right.
0: really weird.
1: But the, the staging of everyone, like you said, like a Jason movie, the staging of what's going on, unlike Get Out, which is going through really elaborate, complicated, like, you know, puzzle box ways of getting to a scare. This really is just no, here's scary people with something sharp and they're going to chase you. That's that's, that's it. Here comes the monster. Run the the fuck away. And
0: does a wonderful job of setting you up with a setup that then it pushes so far to the back. Not like, not in a beat you over the head way, like not in like a Shyamalan at his worst kind of way, but like a Shyamalan at his best, like in a very sixth sense way. Mm. It It brings up a point in the setup and then spends the next Scenes giving you something more interesting to think about right then, but never forgetting that setup and adding little things to try to make you question that setup yeah. And forget about that setup. yeah. And so that brings, you know, we, we can't talk about it without going a little bit of the story. So, yeah, the, so the, do you want to explain? The, yeah. Yeah. So what the trailers, the trailers give away, but if you've seen the movie and I won't go into super detail, but the movie starts with Lupita Nyong'o's character as a little girl. Right. Um, I forget her name. Uh, her name is Adelaide. Adelaide. Yes. So Adelaide is a little girl. Um goes to the uh, is it Santa Maria, uh, boardwalk? Yeah, yeah uh, I think so, that, yeah, something on those lines. It's it's yeah, it's a and I'll get it wrong, but whatever, that's fine. It, they they go to the boardwalk in California. They're on the coast, the yeah. West Coast, and um, it's obviously through conversations with her and her parents, supposed to be near where they live, or at least near a summer home that they go to. Yeah. and she gets separated from her parents and goes into a little, you know, like house, in, hall of mirrors and there's, you know, spooky things that jump out um, I, I like, I, I could spend all day just talking about the way that hall of mirrors was designed um, uh, Tim Burton did a lot of that stuff in um, Ed Wood with like the old horror mirrors, spook, ho- spook house type stuff, carnival things I love that shit, but anyway she confronts after a power outage, or it seems to be a power outage, a flicker, a little girl that looks just like her And that's it. I don't even think you get to see that the little girl looks just like her. You just see her from behind. But then they show her and the family in, um, she gets back to the family and they show her and her parents in therapy and the parents are really worried about their daughter because she's not speaking and they give you the line, you know, with, you know, our accelerated extra help and special attention. She could be fine just like a regular little kid cut to nowadays. Adelaide and her husband, um, Gabe, and their two kids are on the way to the same summer house that she grew up in. The husband, when they get there, mentions that they're going to go to that same boardwalk to meet up with their friends. She immediately gets a little freaked out. Um, I don't think she tells the husband about what happened to her until they get back, correct? Uh, Yeah. 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 So they go there. um, The kid encounters somebody you know, kind of freaky, creepy on the, um, on the sand, a guy standing there, um, on the way there, they see a dead guy being carted away that, um, looks very familiar to a person we see at the very beginning of the movie, but they kind of rush by that a little bit. Um, the cool thing of that opening is it's so deliberately shot. Every character is very important, Mm -hmm. but they don't give you that payoff till the end. Yeah. But anyway, so, one thing leads to another, and that night, four people show up in their driveway and break into the house. Right. The four people who break into the house are them. This is what you say. This is us. This is mm-hmm. what the sun says. Yeah. You've got a lady that goes that we go in the script by the name of Red, um, our husband, Abraham, um, the daughter, Dahlia, and the boy, Tex, who's wearing a mask because he's been very badly burned.
1: Uh, um, the, the boy's name is Pluto.
0: Pluto? Pluto. Oh, sorry. Yeah, Max it's, is the friend. Sorry, I'm, I'm yeah. reading. Pluto, thank you, Bob. Yeah, no, um, it's
1: the, they, the, the 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 tethered have uh, mythological names. Yes. It's, and, a, it's one of the illusions.
0: And so, yes, and so here we go. Um, the four people that look exactly like them are referred to as the tethered. This is what we start calling them later. Yeah. Um, but they look just like them. They've broken into the house, and they one by one systematically start chasing their counterparts. So... Mm-hmm. Abraham chases, um, wind, uh, sorry, uh, Gabe out the door down to his boat, which was his new beat, his his new to him beat up old boat that is one of my favorite sequences in the movie. Yeah. So we'll we'll start with him. He is fighting, you know, his counterpart. They end up out on the boat. Um, he ends up tied up with the counterpart. Uh, the tethered driving him in a boat. They have this awesome fight that leads him into the water. And this is the sequence in it. That's the most like a Friday, the 13th movie, because it's like a perpetual motion machine of things. He's floating in the water and goes, Oh yeah. The boat always turns left. So the boat ends up circling back around and brings the tethered guy that it's dragging around to him so the guy can get him again. Yeah. It's, it's really cool. And eventually they do an incredibly Friday the 13th style death where he turns the motor on and cuts the tethered guy up and kills him. Yeah. And it's wonderful. Awesome. Um, awesome. It's so old fashioned. It reminded me a lot of the very overdone version of that in Club Dread.
1: Yeah, <laughs> where yeah. the
0: legs where the legs are still swimming after they cut him in half. But anyway,
1: yeah. um,
0: so then we cut back to the house and the daughter is being chased by the tethered version of her, which can run really fast, just like her. And the son is having uh, his little, you know, spooky game with the lighter thing that he has with the kid with the um, match. So they're um, situated now. we have got Lapita Nyong'o, Adelaide confronting red who is now handcuffed her and gives her the exposition in a really creepy ass fairy tale that she makes up about what's going on. And Bob, do you remember a little bit more than I might about what exactly she says? Uh, it's, I mean, it's it's, kind of jumbled. I like that all the exposition is being given to us by a fucking crazy person. So we're never quite sure how much of it to believe or not.
1: Yeah, well it's basically a lot of references to the i what what she att- what she essentially attempts to it, like explain to her is she she refers to herself as Adelaide's shadow and implies that they are connected in some way and that whether she wanted to or not she has had to uh and has been aware of the fact that she has had to uh, like endure like the negative versions of, of the exact of, same
0: of, life that Adelaide uh, lived.
1: Right. So like she is like, she has two kids who are like, you know, freaky monster kids
0: and are products of basically rape. Right. I Be- mean, it, yeah, is, she, she says, yeah. you know, I, 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 because you met Abra- uh because you met Gabe, I was forced to marry Abraham. Right. I was forced to have two children. I guess her son was a c-section yeah she said i had to cut him out myself and this whole time she's doing it with this voice that my god seeing it in the first time in a theater and i i won't even try to replicate it but when she it's like a person whose vocal cords haven't formed right yeah just trying to speak or someone that's lost the ability to speak either through a stroke or something else trying to relearn and it is haunting Yeah, it's really creepy. Absolutely. And she tells this horrifying story um, and basically gives you the setup of, okay, you could leave it here. They give more explanation as we go, but you could leave it here and you go, okay, I get what's going on here. And so she has plotted revenge for basically she's a have not and Adelaide is a have and she has plotted revenge on her, which is why when we find out later when we meet that, hey, guess what? You thought this movie was small because all the trailers only show you the four tethered for this family. But no, 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 no. Every single living human being in the entire United States of America has a tethered. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's yeah. when the, I couldn't believe the scope of this movie. But we'll get there. Yeah. So she gives she gives this story and then, you know, basically, you know, says I'm going to have fun doing this. We've been planning this for a long time. Yeah. One thing leads to another. They escape. They make it to their friends, who they met at the beach earlier's house, who, um, unfortunately, just as they're about to get into the house, this is the big reveal where their tethereds pop out and murder everybody in the fucking house. Yeah. And, you know, people, the, the, you got to get through the entire story of the movie, because this is where some of the immediate critics of the movie call bullshit, because they go, well, why would they immediately kill their others? And why did their other family get kind of the cat and mouse game played with them. Yeah. Well, it, it, it kind of all makes sense when you get it,
1: through to the end. It does eventually make sense, yeah.
0: So so, th- so this family all gets killed, and we realize as they sit there and watch a news broadcast after the wonderful thing, and that, that's the thing I like about this movie. This family, they're not weaklings. Yeah. They're not like, oh, poor me, poor me. Um, Lupita Nyong'o and her husband and their family systematically off all of the tethered in their immediate surroundings. Yeah, they're good at this. O- outside of Lupita and um, and uh, Pluto, who are MIA. We don't quite know where they are yet, but they're, yeah. they're MIA right now for this. Yeah. So they watch the news report that comes on, um, basically saying that this is happening everywhere. People are coming up out of the sewers, is what they say. Um, and, you know, there is a cool line at the beginning of the movie that you're not quite sure what it ties to that says... The United States has all of these interconnected, abandoned sewerways and uh, mines and everything. Nobody knows what they're used for to this day. Well, there's an explanation coming. So they beat feet, drive around, the daylight comes, and they're driving down to the boardwalk because that's, you know, where all of this started for them. And Lapita seems to be drawn there. You know, uh, Adelaide, she keeps saying, you know, okay, she's told her husband what happened to her as this kid, how she saw a direct copy of her. And this was obviously the direct copy of her that has been somewhere plotting revenge all this time. We don't get quite more than that yet outside of her creepy ass story. So they get to the boardwalk and you realize that this is, you know, crazy post-apocalyptic dead bodies in the streets being offed by all of these tethered. Yeah. And then we cut to the shot of the tethered all now, no longer killing people. Standing there doing the Hands Across America thing, which is something that we caught at the beginning of the film, um, which is later revealed that it was Adelaide watching it on TV. You know, but you know, it's,
1: I don't want, what? I don't, I don't mean to cut in. I don't, no, it's I don't, okay. I don't mean to cut in, but we did, we did the, cause I mean, you're on a roll, but they, they I just, they this love is, talking about it. Like, yes, I'm, I'm, I, I'm picturing I, it in I, my head and it's driving me nuts. I know that you do. And uh, th- this is, uh, have you had the experience that, like, people really don't remember that Hands Across America was a real thing. Yeah, I do get that. And the funny thing is, is I think
0: the only reason I know about it, because it happened, what, in 85?
1: Yeah, so you were really young. I think the only reason I know about it is because of the uh, Simpsons episode. Right, but this, like, because people have been, uh, like, mentioning, like, is that something that they made up for the movie, that this is there, because she's no, watching... It's way this. too silly and elaborate yeah. to have been made well, up for this movie. Well, right, because it's... This is uh, because this is something that the the inference is that at the beginning of the movie Adelaide is is watching a commercial on TV and sees the advertisement for hands across America which for people who are And it's a perce-
0: shirt she's wearing under the thriller shirt she wins.
1: Right. And or- yeah, and for those who are for some reason listening to this who didn't see the movie I don't know why, but I some people do do that. Listen to spoiler things and don't see the movie. We, we, but, did, uh, we did say there were spoilers, right? Yeah. So the uh, so hands across America was this like the the eighties was very much the uh, like I won't because like there are dumber charity things now, but like the eighties really was like the 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 birthplace of like the flower children growing up and realizing they could do. You know, like uh, charity and capitalism, and the first wave of them were really were just so bad at like the the end of Mad like the the end of Mad Men was not bullshitting about how because that was also a real thing they they about how bad the first wave of these was like that and Live Aid and everything. So Hands Across America was this dumb performance piece where they thought. You know, to combat world hunger, we'll do this stagey thing where what if everyone in the country, just across a whole bunch of states, just all joined hands for a couple of minutes all at once, symbolically, and in this act, we'll raise money. Now, obviously, there was no internet at the time, so there was no way to prove the fact that... They really didn't actually pull it off. You know, it got across a couple states here and there. I doubt they made it all to Hawaii and Alaska. You know, it but it like it, the idea of it sounded sounded like a thing. But yes, this was a real thing that they tried to do, and it was as tacky and yeah, yeah, this meaningless gesture will help the downtrodden underclass. Sure. Like it, it really was as as cheesy as it seems in, in the movie, so, so yeah, no, Con, and that, that's continue, cool. So continue, so it's Chris. a really
0: so it's a really important point that the movie I won't say downplays, but you get from that opening static shot with the yeah. uh, what, what was there, Chud, um, what, what were the other movies just kind of laid out there to give you that it's nineteen eighty five and the Jordan Peele is just a master of the shit. Uh,
1: Chud, it was, it's Hands Across America, it's the Hands Across America commercial, Chud, yeah. the right stuff, and a few other. Random, like, like the, handwritten, like recorded VHS like tapes. Colossus, the Forbin Project. Yeah, I think yeah, is yeah. One of them. Like it's a, it's a couple things that would, uh, that that well, keep going.
0: Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so what I really like, um, is the idea that well, this is something that you know didn't end up working. When we find out, you know, the reveal near the end that Adelaide is a very young girl, this is something you could tell meant a lot to her. Yeah you know what I mean? Like this is going to be a big deal. And that that's, that's kind of important um, to where we end up going. So um, they get down to the boardwalk. There's this cool thing that reveals that, um, you know, the tethered may or may not be able to be controlled from time to time by their counterpart where the sun puts his arms out and gets the Pluto counterpart of him to walk backwards into a fire to kill him. Um, I think a lot of that plays to, you and I had talked about this, about how he's able to do that because um, Red is not there to kind of command him to not do that. It's like more of a primal thing. Um, Because what happens now is the 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 son gets kidnapped by Red. The husband and the daughter go off to comfort themselves while mom goes and follows, or doesn't follow, but knows exactly where they've gone. Enter the glass mirror Funhouse, yeah. where she immediately knows where to go yeah. and the movie starts revealing its third act incredibly Shyamalan-esque reveal that yeah. caused you and me and everybody else to sit there and either go oh that's fucking dumb or when you actually give it about 15 minutes mm-hmm. and we'll get there but anyway first bit of reveal so it's revealed more that this was some sort of experiment that the government or some other unknown entity created to control the people on the surface world.
1: And what's yeah. up? Well, as at the very least, this is we we get this in a monologue from Red once. Yes, she's, and and, idea, a, and yeah. a
0: reminder that she yeah. is obviously damaged and insane. Yeah, and as 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 of what we know up to this point, one of the tethered that somehow has learned how to speak. Right. So
1: as for what we see from the tethered they're basically they like the perform- they're blank slates yeah well not even not necessarily blank slates but they're they like they look like people but they don't necessarily seem to be like red appears to be somewhat like uh, uh like a higher evolution of the rest of them but she's clearly at the very least out of her goddamn mind yes. and the others are uh, you know, they they speak in animal noises. They try to imitate other human behaviors, but they don't quite get like the uh, the the one that looks like the white family's mother, uh, you know, is can't, trying can't scream. Well, when her daughter
0: dies. Yeah. yeah well,
1: well, she can't scream, and also she's trying to put on like makeup and doesn't quite get the makeup. And the, yeah, the, I forgot you know, about like, all these things. The the one of them had the the mother had the plastic surgery scar, so she like uh, stabs herself in the face to try and replicate the scar and can't figure out why that's like something that she's not supposed to have done. Uh, you know the uh, uh, Abraham uh, the father is basically like a like a Neanderthal man. Like he can't he can yeah. like they. Like they they sort of make like uh, like dinosaur noises at each other and that's
0: and and that's and that's where you know the whole people that try to read more into it your exposition is being given to you by somebody who as far as you know up to this point is only basing this on everything that she's experienced and yeah. she's also crazy yeah right it, so she, a... she may have put this all together in her mind
1: yeah like there's there, there's a line in uh an old like uh story I think this uh, this was pro I, I want to say this is from something more profound but it's like in I I want to say this might have been from fucking Babylon 5 of, Yeah, That's of, profound of, enough. That's yeah, it's cool. I like Babylon 5 but it's from uh, of you know trying to explain an encounter with like a god being of saying it's like you know just p- pick up an ant and look at it and then put it back down and you know what do you think the ant says when the other ants say dude what the hell just happened you know is that the- these are things that are right. there the, the like whatever the tethered are, they look like people, and someone has at the bare minimum shown them how to use two rudimentary tools and wear clothes. but they really don't have any concept of what they are or what they're doing. so so they're the these are not reliable narrators of anything and and the cool view, like you you start getting these reveals as she's saying this because she
0: her her view of it is they thought they could split the soul between two different bodies, but the soul can only can inhabit the surface person. So we're left without souls and yada, yada, yada. And it's, it's really cool, but they're showing you all of the shots from the beginning of the movie again, which seemed like nothing shots, but every shot of like a person sitting at a table at the carnival eating cuts down to a tethered version of them eating, but they're, you know, eating, you know, Um, raw rabbit because rabbits reproduce and are cloned like rabbits and so that's their food source that's where all the rabbit imagery is coming from and the ones on the roller coaster they cut to ones in a room moving like they're on a roller coaster so before Red's control whatever linchpin has caused her to be able to be in control of them before that they were kind of just mindlessly walking around doing whatever their surface counterpart was doing right um, and it's it's a really interesting thing. So
1: he,
0: here herein we get a standoff between Red and Adelaide, um yeah. to which Adelaide, um, you know, after Red, you know, is this wonder I mean nothing can be said and we really haven't touched on this yet. Remember, every single actor <laughs> in this movie is playing two people. Yeah. And Lupita Nyong'o because she's playing two people that are both have dialogue, yeah, and both are very different in the way they walk and move and have dialogue. It's it's I think you coined it or you said it. She you have to play both Michael Myers and Laurie Strode. That's a near impossible task. And I had talked about how there's been other um female horror performances within the last year that you know, Tony Collette that was, you know, incredibly great performance, but it's a performance of one character. Lapita's L- doing double duty. This is this is an Oscar performance in and of itself. And it, it better win and it better be up for it, because holy shit. But the sequence that happens now is her, you know, in a game of cat and mouse of like the shadow and the person, you know, and, and it gets intercut with her talking about, you know, when she was down there dancing, she was up above dancing and they were both great accomplished dancers. And there's all this metaphor and back and forth, but eventually Adelaide kills red and gets back to her family and they have to go off into the world. Yeah. And they show you that the, um, uh, tethered have accomplished the hands across America thing that we were unable to do as a, um, a haves instead of the have nots that we were unable to do to provide money for the lesser people, which these tethered are a stand in for, um, or could be a stand in for many things. You know, if you wanted to go political, it could be, you know, people in the dust bowl Midwest versus people on the coast, however you want to do it. uh, You know, it, 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 it speaks to, to everybody that want to let it speak to them. But then you realize, okay, where did this hands across America thing come from? Oh crap. We know that Adelaide was watching that and had that shirt. Oh, crap. How did the tethered version of her that has now been revealed was a girl that looked just like her that reached out and crushed her throat and dragged her down into the underground world and swapped places with her. Yeah. And this is the movie's big what-the-fuck reveal that at first, I mean, even I, I'm glad you had told me to kind of sit and give it a few minutes and think about it because even I went, no bullshit. That's yeah. it's such it feels and they even they play it off like an old 70s, 80s horror movie stinger where you sit there and go, no, I don't buy it. That seems tacked on yeah. until. No, this is Bruce Willis being dead at the end of the sixth sense. Mm. Spoiler alert yeah. um, <laughs> level level shit. Right. Where you go. Oh, no. It makes you rethink back through all of her dialogue, the whole way she's acted. The scene with the parents at the beginning, she got basically the best of special education attention to go from being this tethered, this you know lesser, more Neanderthalish type of human being to learn how to be a passable human being. Mm-hmm. Um, then gets the family, gets everything that was meant for Adelaide. While well, Adelaide, so it makes it even more of a of a um, a tragedy in yeah. that this. Again, it's a tragedy that these tethered exist too. So it's that horrible duality of, you know, which one do you feel worse for kind of a thing. Because Adelaide, who was, you know, stolen from her family and forced now not as a tethered to just do what the um, surface person did, but forced with full knowledge. Yeah, to go through these things. Yeah, it's it's terrible, and then you 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 have to go through all of it, and it makes you rethink. And you know, she goes, well, "I don't really talk all that much. I, I feel uncomfortable doing it." And this thing, you go, "Oh my god, the movie's been telling me this the whole goddamn time." Mm. And wow, what a reveal! Yeah, and um, also I, I love the imagery of how the the way out of the underground is just an escalator that goes downward. Yep. So it's just kind of like a, yeah, you know, you could easily just walk out of here, but the escalator only goes down. So stay in line, stay mm-hmm. in your place. This only goes down. There is no up. Yeah. And, and I said, so I was talking to someone about, you know, well, then how did the little girl get out? And I think it's in that, that power failure, mm-hmm. that little like flicker of light. The escalator was like shut down for a moment and she was able yeah. to climb up or do we really need to analyze it that much?
1: Yeah, I mean there's it's it's probably that there's a few ways around it but the point is that she did and also it's, that it's not that difficult to do so because clearly this has probably happened this this has probably happened before. Yeah,
0: and there's there's yeah. a lot of theories out there that say other members of her family have already been swapped. I don't want to get into like she was like the final and they've been like doing it. I don't want to get into any of that. Yeah, that's why is I burnt. Yeah, of, no. But but here here's a here's one that I still I mean, you and I debated it the other day, but I still debate it. Do you think that now we know that Red has been Adelaide the whole time? Yeah. Does how knowledgeable, because remember, she came out of there as a little girl, and yeah. went down there as a little girl, but she also reached out and tried to kill the other little girl, or at least, so, has she just been evil the whole time? Uh, I, well, I mean, it's... Or is it more of just almost like a, um, like a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, just a pre, pre-recorded, like, okay, this is more of a visceral... Like no, this is just a survival tactic. Like you know, okay, I'm no, I'm 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 here now, and it I didn't really know what I was doing. I just saw an out and I took it because I'm only like a six year old girl, right?
1: So yeah, yeah, I mean, you're talking about actions of children, right? Um, there's the a- again part of the, and again, I think this is deliberate because it's and not PTSD about, and, yeah. and other things right. like yeah, that. Like because, yeah, because memories because it's not it's not about the mechanics it's about the uh, it's about it's about the meaning you know like right. the Step, like the stepford wives is not actually about whether or not it's possible to replace the women with robots, or how the robots really work, or All if right. they swap the skin, it's about the fact that these guys are swapping the real women with the, the 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 doll people. You know, like that's what it's about. So, like the mechanics of this are about the fact that there is a secondary underclass of people under the ground that want to come up, and the fact that uh, the Adelaide slash Red, the real girl, has escaped from what she knows, because at the, if nothing else, we know that both Red and Adelaide, whichever one is the real one, quote unquote, or whatever their actual identity is, um, since Adelaide uh, and, is, and Red, the, the names I'm sure have other meaning that I'm not immediately queuing in on still, because I haven't done a lot of like deep dive reading on it, because I've had too much to do. But, right,
0: same here. Yeah, uh, I, so, I, like, I like to approach these things yeah. at the surface. That's right, my... Yeah.
1: So, But I'm sure that all of this stuff has a bunch of other stuff that people can attach to it. Part of the key to the leaving it open for interpretation is that he comes right out and tells us, by the way, you are hearing these descriptions of of where the tethered came from, even the fact of the name that she gives them and what they're all called, uh, what their names are and everything, is coming from someone who is functionally six years old, uh, you know, severely traumatized, and if you pay attention, has formulated her entire version of what she thinks happened and the mythology behind it from, you know, remembering a video clip of Hands Across America, which is where she gets the name The Tethered from, and basically a mythology that could be what happened, but is also pretty much a mashup of the premises of the videotapes that were in her house. Yes. You know, that's a mix of that's
0: you're you're right. You're right.
1: So it, it like it could be that. I mean, it looks like the implication from like the design of the place is that this was a science lab of some kind. So like something made these you know, it's an open question as to why where all the gold scissors came from, why they have the red pajamas in the first place, yes. where where they're getting all yes. this. If there's something, is is this also a supernatural thing? Is this like some Illuminati shit? We don't know. But it doesn't matter. The point is that they're down there and also the bigger thematic thing about, okay, they're coming up, they're going to, you know, is this about the fear of the, the middle class, that the lower class is going to come up and supplant them? Is because like, it's the perfect version of how you get to, you know, like metaphorical horror stuff, which is you don't start with, I want to make a movie about a metaphor for class division or something and then make it scary because you're going to come up with a shitty movie. Right. It's just the way it's going to be. What you do is you land on, hey, here's a scary-ass I Hey, here's a scary image or an idea that's just unnerving. And then, okay what is the mechanics of story that need to play out to get to that point and the just the base idea uh which is why this was a hit without any kind of plot stuff in the trailer just the mechanics of okay you're in the house you're minding my own business and then a whole bunch and you know a family's in their house minding their own business and then copies of them but bad show up and say no this is our house get out and try to kill you that's creepy as shit. And that's shit. all they had to do to sell it, and that's yeah, what I thought was great. That's creepy as hell. And so figuring out how you get there is is wild. Uh, so, like, there's and there's a lot of loaded stuff in the way that this plays out. Like, the fact that it's the switch of the girl, you know, you come into, on the one hand, you can sympathize with the idea of wanting to escape. Like, you can look at it and say, okay, so wait, is, is Red you know the, the the bad one who switched is she actually kind of good because she got out and she's trying to defend this but also that means that she knows that all of the rest of what are her species of whatever they are are still down there getting fucked with and she didn't do anything to help them all this time in fact she's been terrified of coming back there because not because she thinks anything bad's going to happen but because she's wondering wait, are any of them going to have the same idea I did? Because I've already got my shit. I don't want, you know, anyone, you know, it's like, I got mine, fuck the rest of you, you know? Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, you know, like, where else is, you know? Else, you know like, the, and, and you could yeah. just go on and on and on. Yeah. And that's what I, it's like, well, I feel that, you know, th- like, of course, thesis statements could be written on the implications of Get Out. Get Out mm-hmm. is very deliberate. in what it's trying to say and where it's trying to get to, Yeah, where this movie is very deliberate in what it's trying to show you or what type of movie aesthetic it's going for. But as far as the story and the plot and the implications and the metaphor, it's a lot more broad and a lot more able to, I mean, I couldn't believe how huge the movie was. Like the scope of it was just so big. And for a home invasion movie to go that big with its scope is crazy to me
1: um god i loved it Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's pretty wild um and i'm i'm really uh into it there's been a few other uh, you know people have like pointed at it and i've i've been like you know sourcing a couple things of like what other because jordan peele is another of these guys who really loads this stuff up but then doesn't show his work like he doesn't brag about you know, well, putting he's, things
0: in—he's he, a strong believer in death of the author. I heard him talking about that a lot. Like he wants yeah. the—he wants the work to be what the people turn it into, not necessarily what he intended. And I—and I like right. that.
1: Right. But like when when some people do like uh, like mythology references and stuff in movies, like they want you to see that it's like, oh yes, right. That he called that guy Zeus. That clearly means something. That's you know, that he he wants you to know that that guy read his Bullfinch's mythology. Right. right whereas in in this you know there's a lot of this stuff is very big and like i mean there's a couple of them obviously you know she she does follow a white rabbit through a door in the wall down into the 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 other world under the ground that's yeah, not like every like that's everyone kind of gets that one but like the and some of the like the socio political stuff that's just sort of observations of the world of you know co- of covering up you know that you did something shitty and uh, doing a bad job of it like uh, when the in the early 80s girl goes into the uh, hall of mirrors thing it's got this sort of like super like racist but not intending oh, to be yeah, so
0: incredibly racist native american yeah,
1: stuff yeah, going it's, on it's, 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 it's a native american vision quest thing but then when we see it now it's been painted over and now it's it's a merlin thing but it's it's but then inside it's still it's all the, exactly same the same stuff same. Yeah. And, it's, and, and it and it still has like an owl jumping out at you, which is a kind of universal ancient symbol for a messenger of death and transition and whatnot. Um, there's uh, a Scandinavian uh, um, or, I'm uh, sorry, Norwegian, uh, you know, like myth about uh, what are called holders, uh, which are, you know, depending on who you ask are sort of like the antecedents of, uh, I'm sorry, the uh, opposite of antecedent of uh, trolls and, uh, uh, what we would call fair folk in like uh, Celtic and Irish stuff, you know the 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 mystical versions of people, yeah, right. And in certain versions of that legend, they look like people, but they're not. You know, you, you I think you've heard this, uh, like the you like the the fairy tale about uh, you know the the girl you see in the woods, and uh, if you if 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 you look at the coat and you see the tail, you're not supposed to mention the tail. Yes. Yeah, like that. Like there's versions of that. Where uh, there is one of those for every person, and they want to the in English. In the English version, it's called the changelings, where they want to swap out your baby. In Apparently, in some Norwegian versions, um, people hang uh, a pair of symbolic shears over a kid's bed that's supposed to be there for if a changeling shows up. So,
0: Shit.
1: so there's like little business of that. And it's like, oh, right, a changeling. Of course. Like there's, uh, I won't say the name of the movie because I don't know if people have seen it. And it kind of gives away the game. But there's another recent movie that's about... Uh, trolls slash holters slash holter skulls and such that uh that also had that i was like oh okay so there's been two that did this riff recently that uh, that had that oh, cool. in there so uh you know and uh, there's when she mentions that she thinks the tether don't have souls i was like oh okay homunculus right so yep,
0: yep let's exactly.
1: you know and uh so like and Sure, I went back to see it a second time, and uh, on the way out, I heard uh, two younger people because you know there's a whole generation for whom anything on Adult on a tsunami is the is the cultural reference. it's like, so dude, that was like Full Metal Alchemist with the homunculus. Huh,
0: nice.
1: So, so uh, good on that. So yeah,
0: so I think I think we can bo- both because we could go on forever on us. Yeah, I yeah. think we can both agree that US is awesome, and it's gotta yeah. still be in theaters yeah. when people listen to this. So, oh yeah, obviously you if you listen to this to the end, we hope you've seen it already. Yeah. But if not, please go see us. Us is um yeah, I I was blown away by it. I think we're gonna be hard pressed to find something as interesting and thought provoking as that this year. So I, I I'm I'm hoping that's that's up for all the big awards. So um a movie that doesn't need as much insight because it's pretty much what it is on its on its surface. Yeah. Um but I want to talk about because of I I know the world heard how much you loved it. I mean, you gave this a four star review. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and I completely agree. Um, and I just want to gush about exactly how how much Shazam just made me so goddamn happy. Um, you you loved Shazam, Bob. Oh, um, loved it. Loved so, it. so so Bo- Bob and I I was waiting for to get my car worked on today, and Bob and I went and saw. Shazam Um, this was like your fourth time seeing it yes okay and so first of all just like us I'll say that Shazam and we talked about it earlier does not tell you or does not show you any of the best parts of Shazam in the trailer so don't think you've seen the whole damn movie because you haven't um, Shazam is and I'm, I'm going to say this uh, I, I thought this earlier and I'm going to say it right now and this might be controversial Shazam started as a riff on superman right it's it's just it's an it's another like poor man superman would be the joke but shazam is the comic yeah. was more popular than superman but yeah it it is you know you can't talk about shazam without talking about superman because it hits a lot of the same sort of um childish um you know perfect human being um you know, good good guy, like stuff that Captain America does, Superman does, Shazam as a superhero, it's the embodiment of, you know, perfect, honest human being. And so I like that kind of story. I know a lot of people think the Superman thing is boring. That's where we got Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman try to go into a more darker, edgy side of it. And it's really those parts of those movies that didn't work for me. But I'm going to say this, that Shazam, on top of being part of this great course correction that the DC movies are doing is the best Superman film. And I'm putting quotes around that, that we have gotten since the Richard Donner first two Superman films. Mm. And I really feel that way. It, it embodied that, this exists in the real world. The real world is dark, but the real world doesn't have to be edgelord dark. It doesn't have to be grim dark. Mm. It can, it can be that violence and things happen and real people real deaths are real and all this stuff that you know people say the marvel movies don't have and have become too safe without losing the humor and the heart this the the feelings i had while watching shazam to a lesser degree but the feelings i had during watching shazam were the same type of feelings i got watch watching the guardians of the galaxy films that yeah, that innocence, that knowledge of why does this work? Why does this speak to the audience? How do you connect was right there for me on top of the fact that it just felt like someone was making the type of movie that like Stranger Things is trying to grab onto. Mm-hmm. that, that Amblin thing where, okay, there's kids in this and all of the kids are well fleshed out, well written characters and you like all of them, but they're also kids. The kid with the, um, the kid with the disability isn't just a perfect kid because he has a disability. He's a bit of a dick. He's a bit of a jerk. He's a bit of a trickster. He, you know, he does these things that kind of make him kind of shitty, you know, sometimes. And that's not like meant to be looked at as, Oh, this is some sort of bad kid. No, he's likable even because he has those things. You know, um, these people have their downsides. We're introduced to Billy Batson with him, you know, not necessarily, well, it's something that you should be getting arrested for, or you know, some, but he's 14, but just kind of being a trickster and messing with the cops. But he's doing it so he can find his mom. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it, it, it had the New Line Cinema logo at the beginning of, a, of it, and that's they made a New Line movie. They made Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Meteor Man, um, those 90s superhero movies that just, they, it hit a certain thing that I've been missing, and I was nearly in tears I was so happy with this movie. It's just mm-hmm. wonderful.
1: Did did you have the same reaction, Bob? Yeah, I was, I, I mean, I've been anticipating this for a while and I wanted it to be really good. And it it really exceeded my expectations. I, I was, it's just, it's just so damn good. It's it really just, is. It's, and,
0: and even like, you can criticize it by saying, okay, this is the other thing, like the Marvel movies. And again, I don't, I don't want to make this a DC versus Marvel thing because yeah. I love the Marvel movies. I loved captain Marvel. But this, it just feels so, like, it's like, I I like going back to the Guardians of the Galaxy movies because they didn't feel safe. They didn't feel like you couldn't feel the hand of Disney on those going, no, you can't do that. You can't try that. You can't make this overlong because of that. The Guardians movies felt like a guerrilla operation, like they were trying something new and taking... Um, chances. And this movie, okay, so they first off, the entire well, entire half of this movie is <clears throat> trying to write a good villain. in fact, our our big introduction to the beginning of the movie is the the setup for the villain. And do they go a little overlong into trying to make the villain an interesting character? Yeah, they do. but do I like it? Yes, I do. You know, so, OK, maybe the first half of the movie is long. It's about a two hour and 15 minute long movie. Maybe it could be 20 minutes shorter, but I was never bored with it. Yeah. I was riveted by it. Mm. And, and this is where we get into this. So everybody knows the setup of Shazam. There's there's a wizard. He's the last of seven wizards. He was trying to protect the world from the seven deadly sins. His yep. name is Shazam. Um, he passes on his power to a person who is pure of heart our villain was a guy who was turned away from being someone who's pure of heart and he couldn't find, he went through like what, 60 some odd people before finding Billy Batson, giving him his power. Now Billy is a superhero.
1: Yeah.
0: So the first half of the movie is Billy being a superhero, learning what it means to be a superhero, learning his powers. There's a great scene that I couldn't imagine ending up in a Marvel movie, but I'm so happy it's here where there's a robbery and he gets shot. And the way they pace the scene is, it's like shit. We don't know if he can deflect bullets yet. We haven't yeah. seen this yet. <laughs> yeah. And the bullet bounces off, and the two kids' immediate reaction is, "Give the guy his gun back. Shoot me in the face, and make sure it's not just the suit." Yeah, yeah. And it's, then, yeah. and then he still goes on being a good superhero and beats the crap out of them. Well, and, he's
1: <sighs> being he's being an an effective version of this. One of the things yeah. that I like about it is that the. It's been so difficult for so long to get this character quote unquote right because every the the idea of it is that uh, it's a a kid usually about 10 years old in the comics they've aged him up to about 14 in this to make it a little more easy to take now because you know 10 years old in the 1930s is different now but there, there was always even though he's a young kid there was always something a little an, an element of a dangerousness to this because children are you know they're innocent and they're wide-eyed and they're you know they have like that sense of more rights that you have but you know Children are also irresponsible and mischievous and sneaky and pains in the ass, especially yep. little boys. And the idea here is, you is you know, it's like the premise of the movie Big is, okay, so you take a 10-year-old kid and you not only give him a an adult-sized body, but you say, okay, you're not just a grown-up, you're literally superman. You, you're impervious to bullets, you have all of these powers, and not only can no one tell you what to do, no one can stop you from doing anything. So he's not a bad kid, but he's also, you know, he, I mean, in Connix, he's an orphan, he's had a pretty hard life, he was and he lost. he
0: ends up with, yeah. like, the best version of an on-screen foster family I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. It's it's so cool.
0: And they he, were just wonderful people, and not yeah. in like and not in like the saccharin like they were good people, but they made mistakes, and they still doubted themselves. And yeah, their house wasn't perfect, and they didn't have all the money in the world. And yeah, I, I just people. I liked it. It was very yeah. real.
1: Yeah, <sighs> but but he's allowed to be. You know, he gets these powers, and they do pretty much this like all the stuff that you would if you're a 14 year old kid. Buy beer, go to a strip club. Yeah, it's like it's like okay, we got an adult body. What should we do? Well, okay, the first thing we should do is get out a camera. And immediately use these powers to break stuff and see if and see what happens when I hit you with this heavy thing and see, you know, like, let's let let's light you on fire and see if that works. The light oh, you on fire thing's one of the best. Yeah, let's see. You Se- know, secret yeah. fire impervious check. Yeah. And it's like, you know, these are the th- and you know, like I've seen this. I've seen this with critics and I've seen this with audiences and, you know, kids lose their minds during this stuff because that's absolutely all of this, you know, kind of irresponsible, just a little bit dickish stuff that he does as what he's figuring this out. Absolutely, like, of course this is what you'd do if you immediately, like, yes, he does try, you know, like, they don't have some kind of, like, drawn-out, oh, man, maybe I should be a good guy, kind of, like, something. like no, they, he immediately starts trying to knock out muggers and stop store robberies, because, duh, of course, this is taking place but in I the... But I love that the yeah.
0: biggest, o- outside, o- outside o- of the third act, of the movie the biggest hero scene he has is a bus accident that he causes by being an idiot
1: yeah right he's he he like he's trying but this is also taking place in you know which now you would have like i think if they had done this before they probably would have like had it be that they have all seen a bunch of superhero movies but this is taking place in the dc universe an undeterminate amount of years after justice league So everyone, like people are kind of surprised, like they're more surprised that there's a superhero in Philadelphia than they are that there's a guy who can fly. Like they've seen that. It's like, okay, yeah, Aquaman exists, Wonder Woman exists, Superman came back from the dead, the world was invaded by aliens. We've kind of seen this. This is part of the world now. They're more just kind of, they're, they're, they're interested that there's a costumed hero in Philadelphia, but no one's that surprised by it. And no one's that surprised that he's kind of a dumbass who poses for selfies and you know has a thing out to throw change at him, yes, exactly because that that's probably what would happen. it's they're in Philadelphia.
0: <laughs> no, and it's I, it, I they they didn't shy away from that. I loved that. Yeah. um I also like that the guy that made this mm-hmm. um, is uh David F. Sandberg who made lights out and the Annabelle prequel prequel. Yeah, the good one. It was absolutely fantastic, and yeah. now this is his third movie. Yeah, and he's just knocking out this hundred million dollar superhero
1: movie. Yeah, um, Less. so this is, this is only eighty million. This was really eighty
0: million. Oh my
1: god, this is really cheap. It, it, it
0: looks like they spent a lot more on it. They did a lot of practical effects.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a gr- it's great. It's it's so much fun. So much of it is just you know what if you, you you were, you got to be Superman and just got to mess around with it? And then, you know, like all, all, for this to work, what they had to do is say, okay, you have a solid movie's worth of, hey, here I am, you know, messing around with these gags, and then have a bad guy show up and then get serious and learn to do it. And they manage the transition perfectly. They've got a fun bad guy. Uh, you know, the, the point where it has to flip around on itself and say, okay, now here's some serious stuff, here's some heavy stuff, and now we're heading into this uh, big finale that then has to go, you know, okay, it's not like the end of the world, but people are in danger, and then big kind of triumphant, oh hell yeah, here we go kind of thing, is like, like, I have not been in a theater where pe- I mean like there, there were we were in a daytime show there were maybe like seven people in but this But everybody theater.
0: was just uproariously enjoying right. it.
1: Like people like people in this theater applauded and there weren't that many people in the theater.
0: Right. So yeah. um I, I want to hit a couple of things and I want to wrap up only cuz yeah. we've been going for a bit we did a lot on us yeah. and yeah. I got to get to bed but um I, since we did say spoiler alert I want to talk about the 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 third act. Yes. And <laughs> and so we we establish earlier in the movie that the wizard is able, you know, gives his power through his staff. Yeah. So Billy ends up with the staff, fighting the villain in the third act at a carnival, yeah. and all of the kids, where there just happens to be what seven of them total, yeah. um, all become Shazam. Yeah, yeah, and they become the perfect versions of themselves, and they go ape shit on the seven deadly sins, and yeah. we have this awesome. Very small scale, but awesome third act. Yeah. And then we wrap things up. It's great. You know, really well done. Yeah. And then we end up in the school where, um, what's, what's the name of the, the crippled kid? Uh, he's a uh, Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman, who's wonderfully played by the, uh, the kid from it. One of um, the kids, from, yeah. one of the kids from it. Yes. Um, so, uh, so that happens. He finally gets, because earlier in the movie, Shazam doesn't show up to eat lunch with him. Yeah. It was like a big thing. So he gets beaten up. Yeah. Um. So uh, that happens. He eventually shows up and it's a big, cool reveal. And just like at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, where you have kind of like a what the hell thing on the end there, um, a real quick thing. And then the credits roll. He says, oh, don't I'm here. And I brought a friend and Superman walks in. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cool. Like, wait, what? And then they roll the credits. Yeah. And it's Superman in a fixed costume. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's got the yellow now on the belt and everything. We don't see his face, but that's a really cool reveal. Mm. And then there's the end credits little fun thing where they're trying out one more superhero power, talking to fish. Yeah. And he said, "This will never be cool." And then points to his Aquaman shirt. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I absolutely loved that. Yeah. So, so Shazam is awesome. I also give it. As far as how it makes me feel, a damn near perfect score. Yeah. I thought it was wonderful. It's great. Um, and so I was going to talk about PAX East, but I think we'll hold that for the next one. Yeah. Um, and just say, uh, um, you know, check me out. Um, I was just recently, by the time you read this, on Geeks Who Haunt, which is the Geeks with Shields people's um, other podcast podcast. Um, run by uh, one of the guy's wives. Um, She goes by Slagathor in the show, and we talked about the movie uh, movie's um, Ginger Snaps, the whole trilogy. Um, I want you to check out Matt J. Crowley on Twitter, who does the house that Jack built, and so much for Pathos is the show he does through that. He, his laptop is dying on him, and he needs people to help him um, get some money together to buy a new one. So, check out his stuff, help him out. Also, want you to check out the Pump- Pumpkin Copter cast on YouTube, which I've been a part of, and they also just started having a Patreon. Check out the Big Brown Chair and then my shows, Creating Geeks, Shooting the Shit with Chippa, the Talkbuster podcast, which is still blowing up, and I'm getting some great content on there, especially with the folks from Blockbuster in Bend, Oregon, the last on the planet. And Help me get my Patreon up to $300 a month
1: so you can win some Blockbuster stickers. Bob, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, No, I'm in the same places that I usually am, so check my stuff out and follow me on uh, Twitter at at the underscore bob, weekly film critic at The Escapist. Check it out.
0: All right, and as always, thank you guys for coming along on the tangent, and I'll catch you later.